Elliot Friedman joins me from 33 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. First of all, great job on the McAfee show yesterday, Fridge. How'd that come about? Oh, uh, so I was talking to uh, Michael Rupp uh, from the NHL Network, uh, yeah. Game 7 Stanley Cup hero in 2003. He knows McAfee uh, really well, and I was just asking Rupp uh, about him a bit, and he sent me a note saying that uh, uh, he'd love to have me on, so I was I was happy to do it. He's... Uh, He's really entertaining. I really like his stuff, and uh, yep. you know, to be honest, I think, like I said to him, you know, that's that's where the future's going. So I'm yeah, I'm man. really interested in the whole thing. Uh, I am as well, and it's a great shop that he runs. It's a great show that he runs. The vibe that he's created around that program, uh, how successful uh, it's been able to be, because like it's 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 more than just a sports show it's like it's it's has like a, a a real vibe about it and there's a sense of community about it too like it's more than just here's a presentation and then we move on you know what i'm getting at mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Uh, well and the other, yeah absolutely and also the oh the other thing there is that geez a, a guy almost got a guy almost got his head taken off by a gate as he just just missed him Oof. um the other thing too, though, is that uh, the group there, like his crew, they're hilarious, and he has fun with them, and they have fun with him. It's really something. They're just—they just got a great chemistry together. It's the future of broadcasting. Get with it, everybody. Uh, that's where it's headed. Um, okay, before we get to game four tonight, who's in, who's out, all of that, what we look forward to. Uh, a couple of things here: Paul Maurice and the Florida. Panthers. And of course, the sidebar question to all of this is what's next for Andrew Burnett, who still technically has a contract for one more season as an assistant coach. Uh, what's the very latest you can tell us about Florida and Paul Maurice? Sure. Well, there was last night at the NHL Awards, there were some rumors that this was uh, coming. Uh, wasn't able to confirm them until this morning. Um, but there certainly was a feeling uh, around the league last night that this was a move that could be happening. And uh, Bill Zito met with Andrew Burnett this morning and informed him of the, of, of the decision. Um, look, I, I think Burnett is that he's been offered a chance to stay. I, I don't see it. Um, and I'll tell you this with Burnett in particular, I could see Chicago. I wonder if Chicago is going to get involved in this one. Now, Burnett, from what I understand now, has had permission to talk to other teams. But the inference I was getting is that some of these other teams, they weren't sure they really believed he was going to be available. And the other thing, too, is I think a lot of them felt if Andrew Burnett had his choice, would he want to go to, say, Chicago or Detroit or Boston, or would he want to stay with a team that won the President's Trophy last year? And I think they believed that he had his choice. I think they, they, they believe if he had his choice that he would want to stay in Florida. So I'm not sure how many of these teams really believed he was available. Now I think it's different. Uh, obviously, he is going to be available. I think it would be a real surprise if he stayed in Florida. And I really do wonder if the Blackhawks are one of the teams who take uh, a run at him. You know, Brunette... Um, He's got, a, he's got a lot of history and a lot of like around the league, and I, and I think he's going to be wanted. You know, as for the Panthers, um, look, you know, um, I, I had said I, I wasn't crazy about, you know, the, the, the way this all went down. I think their opinion is, look, 
we had to take the emotion out of this. We had to, like, there were people really emotional at the end of the playoffs about the way they lost, and they also, but there were also people who were saying, we cannot make our full decision in, in that time. And they felt the right thing for the organization was to just let them breathe for a couple of weeks, let them really think before they made the decision. And with that in mind, they made the decision to hire uh, Paul Maurice. So um, obviously it wasn't, the situation wasn't ideal. Um, I think there are going to be some hard feelings here involved, but best I can tell from the Panthers, they felt that this was the right decision for the organization and they needed time to make it. And I would be surprised if Burnett stays. And I think he's going to be like, I could see Chicago for sure looking at him and saying, you know what, we're looking at some up and coming coaches or some guys um, who've been assistants for a while and can be good teachers. I, I think Burnett certainly fits that profile and he did a really good job in a really difficult situation in Florida. Uh, he did, and he had a really good team to do it with as well. Which, like, sometimes you could you could say, "Well, look, he had Barkov and Huberto with a, a career season, and got good goaltending out of Bobrovsky, and you know the Ekblad Uyghur pair was one of the best in the NHL, etc." And go right down the list, and they were scoring seven goals a night. Um, but then you could say sometimes those teams are the hardest to coach. And let's not forget too, he went into a situation where he replaced a legend. Like yeah. I always wonder, you know, when when the voice changes, when it's no longer someone like Joel Quenville, how do the players react? And maybe that's more of a comment on the players uh, than the coach, because they took the message from Andrew Burnett as they did from Joel Quenville previous to him. But I'm I'm with you. Like I still think this was a really. I know what happened in the playoffs and. Coaching up against John Cooper is very, very hard. We understand that, and there are a lot of lessons I think Burnett and the Panthers take out of that series. But regular season for each, this guy did a heck of a job. Yeah, he, he really did. And, you know, don't forget, they were pushed by Washington in the first round. Yeah. You know, they, they looked like they were in trouble in that series, and they figured it out. Now they walked into Tampa, and, you know, like, the one thing I was I, I've kind of thought about with that situation is, you know, Florida really thought this was their year where they were going to beat Tampa. And it, it went so badly and ended so quickly that it's impossible to think that that didn't factor into everything. And I, I know they, they, they really said that they like – that's the, that's the message I've kind of gotten that I'm hearing around is that they really wanted to try to take the emotion out of it. But the Panthers are trying to win. And I think they just felt that – they needed somebody more experienced right now to win. I mean, we'll see how it all works out. Um, I have no doubt Burnett will land on his feet. I guarantee you he's already got uh, assistant opportunities elsewhere if he wants them to. Like, I could see a team like Philadelphia uh, being interested in him. But uh, I think he's going to be in the coaching mix. You know, it's, it's just tough. Like, I, I really feel for him just in the sense that, as you said, Jeff, he took over in a really tough situation. He did a really good job. There was no question about his future until the end. And then a really painful playoff defeat changes everything. Uh, a couple more things. Um, Peter DeBoer uh, made official Dallas Stars. We talked yesterday about that dynamic between Peter DeBoer with term Jim Nell with, with one year left on his deal. Anything you want to add on Dallas before we move to something else here? No, I, I think we've talked a lot about that, that you know, 
he was the guy who pretty soon, pretty early, he was going to be the favorite there. And, you know, there's a lot of connections, so it makes sense. Uh, awards last night. Uh, Matthews with the Hart, Makar with the Norris, Moritz Sider with the Calder, Igor Shosturkin with the Vesna. What, uh, what raised your, uh, your eyebrows last night, whether it was a winner, someone who didn't win, uh, a, a tight race? What caught your eye when it came to any of these awards? Well, I think like, this is Turkin one we were expecting. Um, uh, yep. the, I don't think the, the Calder was a big surprise at all. Um, the, uh, I mean, the Matthews double was really interesting. That, that, that doesn't happen uh, a ton, and especially not in Toronto. You know, the, Toronto hasn't had that before. Um, but I think the Norris vote was the most interesting one, simply because of how, like, it was, it was, the difference was 25 points, which is very tiny. Um, you know, actually, Yossi actually had six more first-place votes than Makar did, and I had Yossi won Makar two on my ballot, but Yossi was down more ballots than Makar was. Like, everybody yep. pretty much had Makar one or two, and Yossi had some, you know, some threes and some fours, and he was left off one ballot. I mean, look, I, like, I, I'm, I'm not perfect. I, I've made my own screw-ups from time to time, and I think, I, I do believe that there should be wide latitude in what people use as their, um, you know, criteria for voting, but I can't understand Yossi being left off a ballot. Um, so, like, McCarr is deserving, and like we've talked about, he's going to win a hard trophy in the not-too-distant future. I just thought the Norris um, voting was, was really interesting. The other thing I just want to mention, too, Jeff, is, you know, we go, I got there a bit early last night because we had to rehearse, and, you know, the players were... They were so good with, like, the guests. Like, obviously, Jake, the young man that I was uh, presenting with, like, if he wanted a picture with someone, uh, they were all fantastic. Um, you know, obviously, in that room back there, there were presenters of different backgrounds and, um, and different circumstances, and, and, and the players were so gracious with their time. And Keenan Thompson, too, like, that guy can work a room. He walked in. He went to every table, shook hands, took pictures, was very gracious. Like nobody stalked him more than Dave Amber did, and he was he was very gracious. And uh, it was like I just I just wanted to say that I thought the the players and Keenan Thompson and Ashley Brewer they were all very very gracious with their time, which is important in a situation yes. like that. I want Keenan Thompson to do that awards show every single year. Every he's it, single, man. he's so good at it. He's so natural, so conversational. Uh, I, I just, I, I, always, I always wonder, like, as, as good because he's not the, the one thing, and this isn't just a knock on hockey, because a lot of the sports have a have a hard time laughing at themselves, but hockey really has a hard time yes. laughing at itself. Um, I always, I always wonder what gets left out. Because a guy like him can go, can you know, can can find a nerve that's buried really deeply, and and use it for comedy, and as good as he's been, and he's been excellent, I always wonder, I wonder what got cut out of this of the script. Just knowing how creative that guy is. Well, one thing I do know, Jeff, is that last night they had a hard hour, so they yeah. had to be off by eight o'clock. So. I do know they took some things out of the show as it was going on. Um, so I don't know what it was, but I will tell you this morning, 
one of my best friends who's a big Leaf fan, I was just texting him this morning, how are you doing today? And he goes, I'm still recovering from that stab wound from Keenan <laughs> uh, at the end of the show. It was good. It was so good. Uh, it was so good. It's like I, I think that the, I think that, I think that hockey needs someone like that oh, yeah. to help it laugh yeah. at itself. Like it's hockey. It's sports. This is like you know. This is like Toys R Us. Like if you look in the newspaper, yeah. this is the Toys R Us department here. This is the the fun thing. Stop taking it so seriously. Like it's a life or death matter here. Like I I love it. I, I thought he was fantastic. By the way, um, who picked out your ensemble last night? So that was Deb, and there's a story behind that one. That So Victor Hedman wore, when he won the Norris in 2019, he won a, uh, he wore a tuxedo in lightning colors. And yep. I just remember remarking to her, we were talking about some of the outfits there that year, and I said, I really like that one. She goes, would you like me? She knows my favorite color is purple. And she goes, would you like me to make uh, make you a similar jacket in purple and said I would love it so I was mm. supposed to wear that to the 2020 awards and uh, obviously that never happened and there were no awards in 2021 and uh, you know like so this year when you know I heard that Dave and I were going to be at the awards you know I we just said let's let's do it and you know we had to alter it a bit and I'm, I'm very proud to say that we had to alter it in a good direction as opposed to a bad one. Uh, but, you know, that one's been great. waiting for two years. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you look great, bud. You looked, uh, and look at you're having a good time, yeah. too. So that's so that's It was awesome. a fun night. Like, that, that, that young man, Jake, he's, um, he's, he's a very, very yeah. impressive young man. If you've seen, you can find the video on Twitter of him uh, walking across the stage to collect his high school degree at, at Milton Academy. It's, it's really powerful. It's excellent stuff for you. And, oh, and, and was... by the way, you you will love this. You will love this, Jeff. But oh, but um, yeah. he said that one of the players who's like he's a big Bruins fan. He loves Brett Chan, but he says yeah. one of the players who's been terrific with them is Taylor Hall. And I said, have you seen Taylor Hall's great acting? <laughs> and I showed him a Microsoft commercial. He was I knew his dad. His dad's name was Mike. They were laughing their heads off. They loved it. Yeah, he he didn't say how come that man is covering up the phone instead of just hitting the mute button at the end of the commercial like every other sane person does. They think it's a rotary phone or something. Um, that's great, Jake. Listen, he looked like a, a very impressive young man. I'm 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 glad yeah. that uh, that you got to do something with him there last night. That's uh, that's tremendous. Um, tonight, game four, Elliot, and you know the the questions. You know, a lot of them revolve around Nazem Kadri. Uh, will he, won't he play for Colorado tonight? You're right there. What's the word? I think there's a good chance he's playing. I believe this morning he was playing. I wasn't, like, he's, he's, he's more flipping the puck than he is shooting it. And, you know, Jared Bednar said that if he can do the things that he needs to do uh, and he's comfortable with it, then he'll play. Um, but, uh, you know, I just looked at the way he shot the puck, and I wondered if the Avalanche are going to think he's ready. I, I was thinking this morning when he came out on the ice, he was playing. And I tend to lean to he's mm-hmm. playing, but I wasn't 100% confident in the way he shot the puck. I know even though he might not be a shooting threat, 
because of the thumb, that is still a dangerous player to oh, have yeah. in the lineup for Colorado and Elliott. I would assume as well, in the spirit of good sportsmanship, no one, not even Corey Perry, would do anything to try to uh, to try to compromise the integrity of Nazem Kadri's game tonight. You think there's good sportsmanship in the Stanley Cup? <laughs> you think Corey Perry's going to let up for a second on the thumb? Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think for a second they're going to they're going to go at him with slashes and and, and cross checks, but. No, not possible. You know, you you know what you know what it's like. We've we've seen this one before. We all know what the injury is. Yep. I don't know. Like I'm I'm I give give it to give it to Nazem Kai. I know how much this guy wants to compete and how much he wants to play. And even even if he's not a shooting threat, that's still an effective player. If he's good to go, you you do it. I just I'm just I'm just curious what Tampa does with that player, knowing what that injury is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, look, like, you know, like he's going to be skating down the ice if he adds the puck. They're going to be flicking their sticks at him. It's just the way they the will. game gets played. Uh, Darcy Camper in the starters crease, uh, just putting an end to that conversation that we probably shouldn't have had in the first place. Um, sorry, what's that, Jeff? You get out for a sec? Dar- sorry, Darcy Kemper back in the uh, in the starters' yes. crease, so ending the, the conversation that we probably shouldn't have had in the first place about Pavel Francois. I, I always thought, you know, Kemper would get this one. I think if things don't go great in this one, Jeff, then we've got a real debate. Um, yeah. You know, i got to tell you, these people on Twitter, they're ruthless. I, uh, I tweeted out Kemper's uh, in the starters' net for Colorado, and I start getting tweets like immediately start getting tweets like the series is tied two two. I mean, people out there, man, they're like they're you guys are a tough crowd. Uh, I don't th- to me there was no question that he was going to play tonight. If it doesn't go well tonight, we'll see. You know who was really going this morning at practice? It was that? McKinnon. Shocking. Yeah, that guy's well, only got, that, that, you know, he hasn't he hasn't made a major impact in this series yet. It's four games in, like. He's yeah. got to be thinking it's time. He's got one gear. Yeah. He's got one gear, which is just faster than everybody else, stronger than everybody else. And I look at, like, honestly, Frege, I don't necessarily look at there being any issues with Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon to me, it's just a question of when it happens. The only thing yeah, that I, I might agree. wonder about, the, the only thing that I wonder about with McKinnon is, is he, I mean, he's so amped up for these games and he's like, every single, like there, there's no mailing in any shift. He is so robust every single time he is out there. We've talked about how he looks like he's mad at the ice when he skates. Like that's everything about Nathan McKinnon. My only question about McKinnon is, I probably even shouldn't think this, is he trying to force things too much instead of letting the game come to him? I know it's not his style to play a passive game and, and let it come to him. I know that's not his thing, but I just wonder at times if, if I'm going to critique anything about Nathan McKinnon, who am I to do that? I just wonder if he's trying to force things too much because that's, that's how much he wants things to happen around him. Could be. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's the one thing I actually thought about with Kadri. Uh, Kadri's going to be so wired to play tonight. He's going to be have, have to be a guy who keeps himself in check. Yes. Uh, okay, so now that we have... Let's get back to coaches here as we wrap things up here with a couple of minutes. So, Torts is in Philly, Cassidy's in Vegas, DeBoer's in Dallas, Woodcroft we up, re-ups with Edmonton, uh, Maurice in Florida, Lane Lambert with the New York Islanders. So that leaves vacancies in Winnipeg, Detroit, Boston, Chicago, 
And you've mentioned, yeah. you know, Andrew Burnett could be a possibility there with the Blackhawks and a GM search still underway with the San Jose Sharks. Do you have a thought on any of these markets and their uh, and their uh, their their uh, their hunts for either a coach or a general manager? Well, I think, you know, Boston's going through interviews this week. Uh, Chicago is still doing their process. Like I said, like we like we've seen the like, kind of the the head coach search change a couple times, right? Yes. Um, you know, for example, their first trots became available, so that kind of changed the search, and then Cassidy became available, and that changed the search. And now I'm moderately curious to see. Uh, you know, Boston seems to be looking for fresh people. Brunette would certainly qualify. Um, uh, Chicago's looking for teachers. Um, Brunette would certainly qualify. Detroit's looking all over the place. Like Steve Eiserman leaves no stone unturned. I could see him doing that too. So I, I once again, I'm just curious to see how many people, because like I said before, I think the issue with Burnett was, I think some of these teams just didn't believe he would leave Florida. That if he had the opportunity to stay, he was mm-hmm. going to stay. And therefore they didn't really believe he was going to be out there. So now they know he's going to be out there. And I'm curious just to see, how much it changes any of these searches. I, you know, and I think Winnipeg's just kind of waiting on, you know, what does, what does Trotz decide here? Sounds like it's full court press there from the whole province, uh, as we've talked about all week long. Uh, good stuff. Enjoy your afternoon. Uh, stay safe. It sounds like you're playing in traffic. Uh, obey all traffic signals, Elliot. Uh, we'll need you on the Magic Eyeball tonight. We'll be watching. All right, buddy. Have a great night, Jeff. Speak to you later. All right, there he is, Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. And, yeah, we'll be doing another podcast tonight after uh, Game 4. As you guys probably know by now, we're doing podcasts after every Stanley Cup final game.